Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. The word today is very, very much a prophetic word, so this is good. Um, I just felt specifically that we needed to cherish something that the early church cherished, okay? I think it's important that we go back to some first things, you know, that we don't let go of the first things for the sake of being like, like I think a lot of charismatic circles are like, ah, tradition, ah, so we throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think that's a problem. Like, what are we going to do? We're going to throw out the gospel, the teaching that Jesus died and rose again. Like, there's some things that need to stay forever. Amen. <laughs> right? Like, I'm not, look at me. I am not religious. Okay? I am not legalistic, I'd say. I actually am kind of religious in that pure religion, James 1.27, is to take care of widows and orphans in their time of need and to keep yourself unstained from the world. So, in that way, I am religious. All right? I, I do want to help widows and orphans. That's what I do. That's where my money and my time goes. Spiritual orphans when I'm in the States and, and real orphans when I'm not, and even some orphans here. But the point being, even though we should not be legalistic and rigid and harsh, we should hold on to some things that the early church held on to that we should honor some traditions. I know that's a scary word in circles like this, but there's some traditions we should hold on to. And John chapter 1, which we're going to get into in just a minute, is traditionally, the first 18 verses, is a hymn. It's an early hymn of the early church that it was treasured by them. They memorized it. They would sing it. They would say it. It was like, a, uh, it was like one of their favorite songs, if you will, that they just kept on going, you know. Like we still, think, we still sing like Amazing Grace. They were singing this. They were talking this, okay. So we're going to get there in a minute. And I just want to learn to treasure this, uh, these verses with you all. Does that make sense? I want to honor it. I want to soak in it. We're going to read it in three different translations, and we're gonna, I'm just going to read preach. I have no notes. I just felt like the Lord say, treasure this hymn. It's a hymn of the early church. So we are recording, right? Good. Okay. Uh, but first, we're going to start with this. We're going to start with Romans 10, verse 17. You all know this verse, or you've heard it, maybe. It says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And you might think that when it says that, you might think that we need to just read the Bible out loud because then that's hearing by the Word of God. But this word in the Greek is actually the word rhema. How many of you have heard of that word, rhema? You know this word. Good. Well, Helps Word Study defines that word as this. It says a spoken word made by the living voice of God. A spoken word made by the living voice of God, okay? It's the dynamic living word in a believer that brings an inwrought persuasion. It brings faith from the inside out, okay? So faith comes by hearing, but hearing comes by the word. Are you, are you getting this? Faith comes when we hear. All of you have been preached to. Someone told you. Somebody declared to you. That Jesus is God. That he died and rose again. Amen? Amen? That he defeated death, hell, and the grave. That he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Somebody told you that. Amen? Yes? <laughs> That's why you're here. Like somebody, like there was Peter, you know, James, John, all the disciples, the apostles, Paul, all that. And they told somebody. And then those people told somebody. And those people told somebody. And then we're here. So faith came by hearing. But hearing comes by something else. Hearing comes by the living voice. There's actually a voice that makes you to hear. Okay? It's not just a voice you hear. You all heard the gospel. You heard the preaching of the word. Are you following me? I'm going in deep waters real quick. I'm like, no, no, like, warm-up. All right? You all don't need a warm-up. I'm in South Tampa. You don't need a warm-up. Okay? This is just going to go with me. And if your head doesn't get it, just nod with your heart. It's okay. It's coming. <laughs> faith comes by hearing but hearing comes by the voice there's a voice that makes you to hear the rhema and the word the word the person of Jesus so I love the Bible no one can accuse me of not loving the Bible I have like 32 paper translations they're all marked up it's I love it I'm like just 
all the time, all right? I like paper Bibles. When I preach, I use a tablet, you know, like Mo, Moses. But I'm, when I'm in my reading, when I'm reading, I don't read on my phone, so I read on the, tab, or on the paper Bibles. I like those, okay? It's just more convenient with the tablet to preach. But I love it. And I, I, even though I love it, I need you to know something, that the Bible explains and displays the person of the Word of God. The Bible, the written text itself, is not the full word of God. Okay? The Bible says this. The last chapter of John. John, the very last, the end of the Gospel of John. It says, and many more things were done by Jesus. If all of the things were written down, all the books in the world would not be able to contain them. So the Bible says it is not the complete word of God because the word of God is a person. The Bible explains and displays and invites us into the knowing of the Word of God. I look at the Bible like a door. It's a door. It's a portal. Just like you walk through those doors into this room, I walk through the pages of my Bible into his throne room. I do. I walk in and meet him there. Okay? The Bible is, is in and of itself an exhaustive source. I'm not saying we need to add to Scripture. I'm going to be very clear. There should be no adding to Scripture. It's a closed canon. We hold that. There's no more writing of Scripture today. We're not doing that. But we are hearing the voice of God in a way that does not completely stick to the Bible in that I can give you a word, you all know this, that I don't have to quote a chapter and verse where I say, God is saying to you this. How do I do that? Because I've heard something. How did I hear? Someone spoke. Are you getting this? Faith comes by hearing, but hearing comes by the word, the voice. I only am able to hear because a voice gave me the ability to hear. And sometimes that's directly quoting scripture. Sometimes it's Isaiah 61 verse 1 says. And other times it's just like, oh, the Lord just showed me. Or I saw something. All right. This right here. This is, she's in the room, so I'm going to do it. This is a Blazik. This is an Abigail Blazik right here. You can't, you, come on. And it says, it's time on the back. It says, it's time. This is a word. Okay? You can hear better when you look at this. Listen to me. Faith comes by hearing, but hearing comes by the word. So it doesn't even require a physical, audible, physical sound. Physical sound. It ha this has a sound. You understand this is vibrating. You understand there's a frequency to this. You understand the entire universe is held together by sound? You know the paint stays on this page because of frequency? The New Agers didn't make that up. They stole it. They didn't make that up. Okay, in the beginning, what's the what? Okay, now we're in John 1. That's John 1, you understand? This is the treasured reality of the early church. In the beginning was the word. <laughs> Genesis 1, God looked over the deep, and there was chaos in the deep, and the spirit brooded. That's a word for, like, becoming pregnant. Brooded, Hebrew word, that's a simile to, like, laboring, okay, like pregnancy labor. Brooding over the waters, and then God spoke, let there be what? Light. Boom. Here we are. Hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word. Your ears are on your head because a word was spoken. You understand? And your spiritual ears are open because a word was spoken. All right. So, <laughs> I could say a lot of things. We're going to say as many of them as I can. Let's go to John chapter 1. We're going to go 1 through 18. If you have your, your uh, digital Bible, you can bounce around versions with me. I'm going to start in the English Standard Version. And I'm just going to read it all the way through first, and then we're going to talk about it, okay? Again, this was an ancient hymn. This is, many scholars believe this was treasured. They would speak this. They would just, all of them would know it. Young to old would know it. They would treasure it. I want to treasure it. I want to treasure what God treasures. Amen? So this is it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Come on. That is a treasured hymn of the early church. I think we need to treasure it again. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. That is not, a re that's not repeating for repeating's sake. That's not just saying it again just so that you get it. In the beginning was the Word. Meaning there was no beginning without the sound, without the word, without the spirit of God. And the word was with God. Meaning God is in multiple persons. God in three persons is how we typically say it. We do have a Trinitarian perspective here. However, we also believe the Bible that there's seven spirits of God. So within the one spirit, there are seven spirits of God. Yes, Revelation 7 says there's seven spirits of God around the throne. They're listed in Isaiah 9 if you want to look at it. Isaiah 9 yeah, I think it's verse 1 through 11. Hmm, I'm going to check that right now just for the sake of the podcast. I think I'm right. Let's see. This I have no notes, you guys, so this is me just using my Rolodex. But I don't want to be wrong. Isaiah 9, it says the spirit of, where is it? Where's Isaiah? There it is. Ah, it might be Isaiah 11. I always do that. It's Isaiah 11. Stand by. Yep. Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11, verse 2 through 4. Yeah, it says, or, yeah, it says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. That's speaking of Jesus, okay? The spirit of the Lord, say one, count with me. The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, two. The spirit of understanding, three. The spirit of counsel, four. The spirit of might, five. The spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord, seven. Revelation says the seven spirits of God circle the stone. There they are. That's all seven. That's the only listing in the Bible of seven spirits. Speaking of the spirit that rested on Christ. So, yes, the word, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. Multiple persons. Even in one person, seven expressions. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you think we, like, scratch the surface of this thing? Like, we don't know much at all. Like, there are depths here that we haven't really, yeah. And the word was God. So God himself is that word from the beginning. So Jesus is God. Amen? I don't like it when I don't get an amen when I say that in my own church. Jesus is God. Amen. Amen. There is a lot of, like, talk about Jesus just being a good coach. Jesus has tips for your life. That's the way Jesus is presented in lots of church. Jesus is a self-help program. No. Jesus is God. He, there's a man on the throne. You understand the word wrapped himself in flesh and took that flesh with him to heaven. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Why does it say it again? It says it on purpose. He was in the beginning with God. So in the beginning was the word, and he was in the beginning with God. Both of those matter. Why? I, I, think, I don't think we've even figured it out yet. I think we need to treasure this. I think we need to meditate on this. I think we need to pray this. 
I think you need to maybe chant this to yourself. I don't know. You know? You're like, oh, chanting, that's not Christian. Okay. Okay. You know, Paul said, address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Psalms are a certain kind of singing. Hymns is another kind of singing. Spiritual songs, it's the Greek word for chanting. Chanting. Address one another in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Spiritual chantings. Yeah. Okay. I'll leave it alone. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. All things were made through him. Say all things. That does not mean that the tree out there is God. It doesn't mean the chair you're sitting on is God. It doesn't mean the wind is God. It means that all things were made through God. God through God, all things were created. Come on. This balances us when we read the word. And it was life, and the light, life was the light of men. Come on, that's why I love saying this, that the ways of God are the ways of life. Like, Jesus is not a buzzkill. He's literally the life of the party. Like, all those things the world is doing, like, whatever, drinking, getting high, doing drugs, all of that is a perversion of the pure version. There is a high. It's the most high. I'm, like, standing here on the front row, like, losing the room during worship, like, whoa, you know? <laughs> Come on. Anybody, you know, you there's this... This serendipitous ecstasy of knowing him, that knowing I'm loved, knowing I'm one with God is just like, what? I don't know what to do with that half the time. I just laugh and like giggle and like look at you weird. Like, what? God's in here. I'm like, what? And you're like, oh, but uh, yeah, on Tuesday at lunch, I'm just, I'm working. No, you're like carrying God in him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it let's jump to another translation the passion translation we're going to go to three this is awesome I love the way the passion translation puts this so I'm going to read the same verses and talk through it okay it says in the beginning the living expression was already there Remember when it says hearing, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the voice, the rhema, it's the same word rhema. It's a living voice. That's why he translates it this way, Brian Simmons, my buddy. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face in the very beginning. And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. Come on, Abigail, you got to know, you got to love that one. Through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. Like you are a creative inspiration of God. You understand God got inspired one day. In the ether of eternity, he got inspired one day. And he said, oh, I'm going to make a Zach. Oh, I got a great idea. You know, come on, it's true. He was like, and then he woke up the next day. He's like, oh, today's an alien-making day. I'm going to make this alien. It's going to be curly black hair. Oh, yeah. Perfect. That welcoming smile. Perfect. He's, he was inspired. He's an artist. God is an artist. And he was like, what? I, have to, I have to do this now. I have to make this. Like, I don't know if you, I know a lot of you are artists. Like, I like writing songs when inspired. I don't like dragging through it. So when I write a song, I usually write it in like, five minutes or less. It all comes out. Just whoo. And then I'm like, there it is. Perfect. Not changing it. Maybe I'll make little tweaks, but I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Written the song. My wife is completely opposite. She's like, gets inspiration and she sits with it for years. We're both songwriters and we can't write songs together because we have very different flow. She's like, I'm just crafting it. It's not perfect yet. I just have to keep on. I need to sit with it. I need to sing it to myself in four different melodies. I'm like, no. I made it. It's made. There it is. Done. Next song, please. I don't know. So it might look different, but this creative inspiration that you and I have is from the living expression who is the word, who in his voice, in his vibrancy, in his frequency allows us to hear anything. And we're actually being held together by what we hear. I can change your life right now with a word. Many of you, your lives have been changed by a word, right? I can change it for the better. I can change it for the worse. Words are the most creative thing in the universe. 
It's one song. It's a universe. Even it's, it's singing. It's a song. It's a verse. It's only one. It's him. And we're trying to sing along with the one song. We're trying to get in tune with his person. We're trying to tune our hearts to the frequency of love so we can speak and create with God. Like, I can, whatever I say on this microphone is going to change the atmosphere of this room. You understand? Like, it's going on a podcast, and whenever someone plays it in their ears, I'm changing their I'm changing. It's changing. Why? Words shape worlds. Language shapes landscapes. Everything in here was created by a word. So that's why one of the reasons the Bible says be slow to speak, quick to listen. That's not just listen horizontally. That's listen vertically. What is the Lord saying about this? Before I say anything, let me hear the Lord, you know. You shouldn't even say that. You should just do it. You know, hold on. I need to hear the Lord. No, you already spoke. You might have messed it up. Just, just stop and listen. Come on. I love this in the Passion Translation. Through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things, for nothing has existence apart from him. <laughs> I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me and you have life. If you do not remain, remain in me, you will, have, you will have no fruit. You'll have no life. Nothing has existence apart from him. You disconnect from God, you're dying. You know, devil, the devil and all his angels, the fallen, they're all dying slowly. They were in the very source of the light, plugged in at the beginning, you know, in there, in the throne, like, boom. And now they've been cast out, and they're just slowly decaying. Like, the devil's not getting stronger. He's getting weaker. <laughs> I, I laugh so much at the church sometimes talking about the devil. Like, he got stronger in the last election cycle. <laughs> oh, no. He's getting more, more strength, more, more troops on his side. Now he's getting weaker, y'all. Nothing has existence apart from him. Nothing has existence apart from Christ. Is the devil in communion with God? Is the devil plugged into the source? Then he's dying. Nothing has existence apart from him. Come on, change your perspective. He has no nutrients. That's right. That's right, Rhonda. No nutrients. He is dying decaying slowly and he's on his way out lying to you that he's getting stronger and bigger and the darkness is going to get darker and the light's going to get lighter that doesn't work it's it's physically impossible for darkness to get darker darkness can't get more dark zero can't get more zero darkness is not anything it's the lack of something nothing has existence apart from him you understand darkness is just zero i don't care how many times you multiply zero by anything, it's still zero. Zero, right? Come on, make zero more zero for me. Okay, then the darkness can't get darkner, darker. What's going to happen? The contrast is going to get better. Those who are of the light are going to be more contrasted to those who are not walking in the light. Darkness isn't going to get darker. The contrast is going to get clearer. As we arise and shine, it gets clearer. Those people love when I cuss at them. They bless when I curse them. They give me things when I take from them. What? What is happening? The contrast is happening. All right. Listen to this. Nothing has existence apart from him. So stay. Just stay aware. Like, like even your everyday, yes, you're in union with him. Yes, we are one with God. I'll, you'll hear me say that a million times. You and Jesus are one because that was his prayer. And when you say yes to him, you're one. And yet you can be one and not aware of your oneness. Amen? Come on, I got saved when I was eight years old. I was one with God right then. It wasn't until I was 20-something years old that I even came into the awareness that I was one with God right now. So guess what? My life did not have much life in it. There wasn't a lot of fruit. There wasn't a lot of things. But when I started singing the song of the Spirit, when I started getting in line, I got in tune with the truth, and I received it. I said yes to it. Life. Bang. Fruit. Wow, miracles, jubilance, a wife, two kids, a house, joy, peace. I wake up in peace. I go to sleep in peace. It's amazing. I woke up this morning. I'm like overwhelmed by the fact that I'm so confident and good. Like I'm good. I don't, I'm good. 
I don't need anything. What? Because I'm aware of the source. Aware. And I'm honoring it. And guess what? I'm a father of two children. When my kids say thank you, all I want to do is bless them more. It's not that I didn't bless them already. They're blessed. But when my little boy, Judah, comes to me, he goes, thank you, Daddy, for the French fries. I'm like, how many fries do you want? I get a you want 100 more? Okay. You know, his little sweet voice. Oh, my gosh. It does something. I had already blessed him, but I want to just like over. I want to overdo it now. And I'm, I'm finite. I'm, I'm short-lived. I am not creator. I got that from creator. I got that from the living expression. Imagine the living expression's response. Okay. I love this. It goes on to say in the past translation, a fountain of life was in him. Can you imagine a fountain of life? Just picture it. A fountain of life was in him. For his life is light for all humanity. So this fountain is not just water. It's water and light. It's lit up water. It's lit. <laughs> it's electric lit up water in him. Come on. And this light never fails to shine through darkness. A light that darkness could not overcome. Come on. A light that darkness could not overcome. Do you understand? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then he turned around, or turned around to his disciples and said, now you are the light of the world. Did you know Jesus said nothing is impossible? And then he said nothing will be impossible for you? I, I'm almost like, I have an opposite reaction to, to dark things happening nowadays. I used to be like, oh, no. And now I'm like, oh, goody. Not like, I'm not relishing in the darkness, but I'm like, ooh, another chance. Another chance for light to prove to be light. It's not, in the kingdom, with the renewed mind, there are no obstacles. There's only opportunities. Opportunities for light to shine. Opportunities for love to come. Like, I'm grieved by sin. I'm grieved by danger. I'm grieved by, that's why I'm going to Mexico today. Like, getting on a plane today. Because I'm grieved by these kids who don't have parents. Their parents just left them on a garbage dump. So I'm going to go feed them and hug them for a few days because that's what I can give. I'm grieved by that, but I'm also excited to do it. Like, oh, these kids are going to see a light this week, man. They're going to see a light. They are. And they're gonna, it's going to be implanted in them. And they're going to be able to hear something because the light, the word has come and allowed them to hear. Hearing comes by the living expression. We carry the living expression. I bring it in, and boom, now they can hear. Now the Lord can keep speaking, and they have ears to hear what the Lord is saying, even when I'm not there. This is practical. I'm a practical dude. Okay? All right. Light that darkness could not overcome. Suddenly a man appeared who was sent from God, a messenger named God. That word messenger is the word angel, just so you know. An angelos sent from God. Paul said, you treated me as an angelos, as a messenger of God. It's the word angel. In the book of Revelation, it says the seven angels of the churches. It's the word messenger. It's the word angelos. Yeah. Guess what? I'll just write, I'll just give you a little tip here. Book of Revelation says there's letters written to each one of those messengers. Angels don't read letters. They don't need to read letters. Humans need to read letters. He's writing to the leaders of those churches, those seven churches, you know, and it's proper. It's proper without getting weird, without realizing that Abraham is, not, is, you know, forgetting that he's human. He is human, but you should treat him as a messenger of God, an angelos, a human angelos. Come on. That's how this talks about John. Anyone who's bringing the word, preaching the word to you, encouraging you in this way, you should receive it as an angel is speaking to you. Come on. You can do that next week when Abraham's here. You don't have to do that this week. But when Abraham's here, do that. <laughs> ah, a messenger named John, he came as a witness to point the way to the light of life and to help everyone believe. Isn't it great we have people that help us believe? Oh, my gosh. The Georgia and Winnie, who I'm going on this trip with, they help me believe. They help me. They help me believe. John was not the light, but he came to show who is. For he was merely a messenger to speak the truth about the light. That's why I say a lot of times, I'm just the mailman. You know, don't shoot the messenger. 
you would go out to the mailbox and like hug the mailman for the check you just got from your workplace, right? Like your check comes in the mail, <laughs> if you still get that. You wouldn't go stop the mailman, thank you so much, and you did this for me. He's like, I'm just the mailman. And you wouldn't also run out there when you get a bill and say, no, 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 nope, not, nope, you can't give me this garbage. Take it back. How dare you? <laughs> right? <laughs> Merely a messenger to speak the truth about the light. So if you feel convicted today, just a messenger. Speak the truth. For the perfect light of truth was coming into the world and shining upon everyone. He entered into the world he created, yet the world was unaware. Hmm, has the Lord entered into the world he's created, and yet sometimes we are still unaware? Come on now. I told you earlier, it's about awareness. God is here. Jesus is in this room. I know that because you came. And we're two or more. I came and you came. We're both here. We're two or more together. He's definitely there. And I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit all by myself. I'm not the temple. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. I'm a temple. We are the temple. We, I'm not the church. We are the church, right? But we carry the Holy Spirit. So God is omnipresent even without us. David said, if I go to Sheol, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. Yes, God is in hell. I know you don't like it, but that's what the Bible says. There is a presence of God in hell. So if you're like, there's no presence in that church. <laughs> there's a presence in hell. I'm sure there's some presence in that church. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> if God, I mean, I've been in some bad worship services, all right? I've been in, I've led them. I've been the worship leader, all right? I've been in some that are like, let's just get out of here. I can't wait for this to be over. I've preached in those places. I cannot wait for this speaker to stop, get through his notes. I've been the guy preaching, but God was still there. <laughs> he's in hell. He's here. He's in that church. He's in that church. He's everywhere, amen? But he entered into the world he created. So come on, get this. This is why the church treasured this. It's so packed, so packed. Of goodness, He creates the word, the world with a word, and then he enters into that world he created with his word. He enters in as the word in the world he created with a word. And yet the world he created with his word doesn't recognize the voice of the one who created all things. Come on, like Thursday night, hanging out at your house. Is he entering to the world he created and yet the world is unaware? Sometimes anyone can admit, yeah. Yeah, Tuesday afternoon in that meeting or whatever, at work, in front of your computer, is the world, is your world unaware at times? Yeah, me too. Straight up. Let's just turn on our awareness. Even right now, you can practice. Close your eyes like, God is in my chair. My chair. God. Colossians 2 says, the fullness of the deity dwelt in him bodily, and we have been made complete in him. That means all of Jesus is in you. You're filled with the whole fullness of God. It's Colossians 2. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at, get mad at Jesus. Colossians 2. All right? So right now, make a faith statement right now. Close your eyes and say, the fullness of God is fully in me. The fullness of God is fully in me. Here's a different way to say it. I'm filled with the fullness of God. You're like, yeah, but not really because I don't feel it. Ha, ha, ha. He came into the world he created, and the world was unaware. So it's possible that he's in the world he created, and your world is unaware. Amen? Is it possible? It was possible then. It's possible now. Come on. I'm filled. Come on. Say it. I am filled with the fullness of God. Faith comes by hearing. Come on. You got to say these things to yourself. <laughs> I'm filled with the whole fullness of God. Whenever I'm feeling crappy or, like, non-spiritual, I say these things to myself. So I'm filled with the whole fullness of God. I am tired, and I am filled with the whole fullness of God. <laughs> right? Come on. I'm not, I'm not tired. I'm not tired. I'm not, no, I'm really stinking tired. And I'm filled with the whole fullness of God. <laughs> Therefore, nothing is impossible for me. The light of all men lives in me. I have something to give the people around me. I can love my kids right now. I'm not saying, I don't have it right now for them. I don't have it in me. Are you kidding me? You don't have it in you? What an unbelieving statement. <laughs> I have got it in me. It's not from me, but I have it in me. See, the problem is source. 
when you call yourself the source, I'm just worn out. Well, you're, you might be worn out, but he's not. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Listen, listen. Paul said, I worked harder than all the rest by the supernatural energy that labored within me, by God's power within me. People look at my life and they go, how do you do all that stuff? How are you doing? You're so, people say, you must be so busy. I'm like, I'm actually not. I'm just good at what I do. So I'm not very busy. So yes, I can stand here and talk to you. Now, I might present as busy in certain seasons as moving quickly. But honestly, it's God, not me. I'm not the source. It's not all God because it's not that good. Okay. <laughs> people say, oh, it was all God. I say, it wasn't that good. <laughs> I say, great job. If I say, Savannah, great job leading worship. And if she goes, oh, it was all God. It's like, no, it would have been way better if it was all God. <laughs> okay. No offense. It was amazing. But God is better than you at that. <laughs> Jesus is a much better worship leader than any of us. Amen. Amen. You're not offended. No. <laughs> Just saying it out loud for everyone else. She's not, she gets it, right? It was beautiful, but I can't stand that retort. Oh, it was all God. No, it would have been better. <laughs> Sorry. Like this painting from Abigail is like amazing and inspired and gets me drunk just looking at it. I had to look away from it to do the announcements. I was looking at it. I was like, no, I have to do announcements now. Stop. Stand up here. It gets me drunk. But if Jesus painted that, we, we wouldn't be able to, to even think in this room right now. We just, I'd pick it up, you all fall on the ground. You know what I mean? And sometimes that happens. I've got a few blazes in my office, all right? And sometimes I walk in, I just go, <gasps> because I have a greater awareness in that moment of what's happening. I'm like, ah, they're a gift to me. Thank you, Abigail. They're such a gift. Oh, my gosh. But she wouldn't say, oh, it was all God. She participated, and that's the point. God doesn't want it to be all God. He likes our finite selves. Jesus is the model. You understand? The Father is the painter. Jesus is the model. You're actually the canvas, and the dysfunction of your life is the paint. And he uses your dysfunction, your immaturity, your doubt, your confusion, and he paints Jesus on your canvas somehow because he's God and he can do it like that. He's an inspired artist. He came to the people he created. Listen to this language. He came to the people he created, to those who should have received him, but they did not recognize him. I wonder if Jesus is still coming to the people he created by the power of the Holy Spirit, to those who should receive him, and yet we did not recognize him. Right? Come on. Is it possible that we haven't recognized Jesus at certain times? Hopefully we're recognizing him right now. Hopefully we're recognizing what God wants to do right now. And that's great and wonderful and beautiful. But it doesn't always happen. I'm raising my hand. It doesn't always happen for me. Sometimes I'm in, in conferences and things like that, and I'm just like not recognizing anything. I'm just not feeling it, just waiting for it to be done. And if God is in hell, he's definitely there with a thousand believers or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Come on. <laughs> Crying out, saying, come, Lord Jesus. They're like, oh, he answers that prayer every time. I know you're like theologically, he's already here. But, yeah, there's manifest presence and omnipresence, okay? So God is everywhere, and he's manifesting somewhere. That's a good word. That's a great way to say it. I've never said it that way. God is everywhere, but he's manifesting somewhere. Yep. Glad this is recorded. I'll take notes later. <laughs> Those who should have received him, they did not recognize him. But those who embraced him, it's not just, oh, thanks for coming, Jesus. It's, oh, thank you, Jesus. It's an embracing. Embraced him. Fully took on. Fully received. Those who embraced him and took hold of his name, he gave authority to become children of God. You're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We've always been children of God. Yeah, but did you know that you were a child of God? <laughs> Again, awareness is the thing. You understand that he's the father of all. Every human being is in the image and likeness of God at their entry point, at their true origin. And we lost that image and likeness through the fall. We got it back through the risen Christ. Are you with me? Okay? So there's no one too far gone because they are sons and daughters of God. They might not know it yet. They're lost sons and daughters. There are the lost. I was lost. I was lost, but I still had a father. I still was a child of God. Are you with me? We got to ride this, the tension of these things and walk in truth. 
We do, okay? So, he gave the authority to become children of God. So now that we know we're of him, he's our dad, we walk a little different. You know? You have authority. Like, I go to my dad's house, and I just go to the refrigerator. I don't ask. I have authority. Just open it, check out what's in there, grab something. Sit on the couch. I don't ask. Can I sit here? Can I drink this? Can I eat that? I don't do that at my dad's house. Why? Because I have the authority of his child. I'm the authority of his child. I know for a fact that it's all mine because it's his. What's his is mine. What's mine is his. Are you with me? Okay. That's the way it should be. He was not born, Jesus was not born by the joining of human parents or from natural means or by man's desire, but he was born of God. Everyone is born from a woman, but only Jesus was born of a woman. It's very important, the language there. Jesus is born of a woman. You're all born from women, right? You all got a mama, everybody here, all right, and a papa. Jesus was born of a woman because God is the father. You take him on Mari and do a DNA test, you're going to find the divine nature of Abba. God is the father. That's what the results will be. Anybody, Mari, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Dumb show. Who is the father? Oh, he has the divine nature of Abba. God is this one's father. There is no human interaction, no male interaction in the human vessel of Mary to carry the seed of God, the virgin birth. This is part of our faith. Okay. So he was born of God, but that's not his beginning. In the beginning was the word. You see how beautiful this whole expose scripture is? I hope you are falling in love with John 1, 1 through 18. The gospel of John is my favorite gospel, just full disclosure, but these verses, we got to treasure this. It's just amazing. And so the living expression became a man and lived among us. That was the first time the angels saw the face of God. They can't see his face in heaven. They saw the face of God when he became a baby. Like, that's what God looks like. He looks like them. They look like him. What's happening here? Come on. We gazed upon his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. Jesus is overflowing with tender mercy and truth. So let us overflow with tender mercy and truth. Amen? All right, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to leave you alone. It says, John announced the truth about him when he taught the people. He's the one. He's the one I've been telling you who would come after me, even though he ranks far above me because he existed before I was even, even born. You understand, John is this John the Baptist is Jesus' older cousin? You understand? John, in the timeline of the earth, was born before Jesus. And yet he has the audacity, audacity to say he existed before I was even born. What happened? Hearing has come by the word. John is able to hear because he's heard the word. Come on. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. How? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. Come on. Oh, my gosh. And from the overflow of His fullness, we received grace heaped upon more grace. How many want that? Grace heaped upon more grace. Yes, Lord, thank you. Heap it on. Like, like good mashed potatoes. It's Thanksgiving season. Like <laughs> stuffings. Man, you want the weight of my heart in, in any season of life? It's, it's stuffing. Thanksgiving stuffing. I, I'm a connoisseur of the stuffing, all right? My uh, cousin, oh, well. Yeah, cousin by marriage, Ashley. She makes the best turkey sausage stuffing ever. I like, I hurt myself every November <laughs> eating that. I literally hurt myself. I fall asleep in pain. I wake up in pain. I eat some more. I, <laughs> I just, I cannot get enough. One time she didn't bring it. Yeah, I literally walked out. I walked out. <laughs> I'm fasting. I'm fasting. I locked, I literally walked out of the, of the house and sulked on the front porch for like five minutes. It was the worst. She's brought it ever since. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No one ever gazed upon the full splendor of God except his uniquely beloved son who is cherished by the father and held, held close to his heart. I love it. Listen to this again. No one has ever gazed upon the full splendor of God except his uniquely beloved son who is cherished by the father and held close to his heart. 
It's almost like we, in order to see the full splendor of God, we have to see the splendor of God in the reflection of the eyes of Jesus. He's held close. They're face to face. It's like we have to look into the eyes of Jesus to see the full splendor of God. Because in this state that we're in, in this finite state, if the full splendor of God was presented to you, you'd melt. You would melt. Not because of your sin, not because of that. It's just your vessel can't take it. You, you can't take it. <laughs> That's why it says they fell as though dead whenever an angel or the glory of the Lord appeared. They fell as though a dead man. Why? Because it, it almost killed them. It almost killed them. Yeah. So we get to see the full splendor of God in the reflection of the eyes of fire. Come on. Come on. It's good. Great song choice, Savannah. You heard the Lord. We were talking about that earlier. I do that. I don't coordinate with worship leaders what they're going to sing. I just hope we both hear the spirit. <laughs> that I, my preaching and their worship lines up. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm like, one of us missed it. And it was probably you. All right, just kidding. No. <laughs> I've missed it many times. All right, can I read it to you in one more translation? Yeah? Are you guys okay? Okay. We're getting hungry. I am, so whatever. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> yeah, it's all stuffing. I'm getting stuffed. Oh, I want that stuffing so bad right now. It's a problem. I'm going to eat rice and beans all week. I should not have said that. <laughs> ah, Jesus, help me. Okay, so John 1 through 18 in The Voice. Anyone heard of The Voice translation? Ooh, The Voice is good stuff. I felt like it was good. The Voice translation, you know. Listen to this. It says, before time itself was measured, the voice was speaking. Same verse says, in the beginning was the word. Before time itself was measured, the voice was speaking. The voice was and is God. This celestial word, this is the Bible, y'all. This celestial word remained ever present with the creator. His speech shaped the entire cosmos. Immersed in the practice of creating, all things that exist were birthed in him. You ever seen an artist immersed in the practice of creating? Like they got paint everywhere, they haven't bathed in three days, like whatever. You know, they're just, they're writing this song, Beethoven just slamming on a piano, you know. Immersed in the practice of creating, all things that exist were birthed in him. His breath filled all things with a living, breathing light. A light that thrives in the depths of darkness, blazes through murky bottoms. It cannot and will not be quenched. <laughs> a man named John, who was sent by God, was the first to clearly articulate the source of this light. Ah, the first to clearly articulate the source of this light. Isn't this good? The baptize, this baptizer put in plain words the elusive mystery of the divine light. I love this. This baptizer put in plain words the elusive mystery of the divine light so all might believe through him. It reads like a poem to me. I love it. Some wondered whether he might be the light, but John was not the light. He merely pointed to the light, the true light who shines upon the heart of everyone who was coming into the cosmos. He entered our world, a world he made, yet the world did not recognize him. Even though he came to his own people, they refused to listen and receive him. But for all who did receive and trust in him, he gave them the right to be reborn as children of God. He bestowed this birthright not by human power or initiative, but by God's will. Come on. The voice took on flesh and became human and chose to live among us. We have seen him. Enveloped in undeniable splendor, the one true son of the father, evidence in the perfect balance of grace and truth. John the Baptist testified about him and shouted, this is the one I've been telling you is coming. He is much greater than I am because he existed long before me. Through this man, we all receive gifts of grace beyond our imagination. You see, Moses gave us rules to live by. But Jesus, the anointed one, offered us gifts of grace and truth. Come on. God, unseen until now, is revealed in the voice. God's only son, straight from the Father's heart. Oh, my gosh. Don't you love that? I'm going to read it again. Not the whole thing, but that last sentence. God, unseen until now, is revealed in the voice. How do you see? You hear first. Ear bones connected to the eye bone. <laughs> 
eye bones connected to the tongue bone. <laughs> tongue bones connected to the feet bone. Because faith hits your feet. Real faith makes you do something. But it's ears, eyes, tongue, feet. Yes. <laughs> God, unseen until now, is revealed in the voice. God's only son, straight from the Father's heart. So good. I'm going to take you one more place, and then we'll be done. But John, the, John, not John the Baptist, but John the Beloved wrote that down for us. He wrote the Gospel of John. And then he also wrote 1st and 2nd and 3rd John. Okay? So in 1st John 1 to 3, John the Beloved can't help himself but reprise this hymn. I'm going to read it to you. John 1 through 3 is like a paraphrase of John. 1st John 1 through 3 is a paraphrase of John chapter 1, 1 through 18. This is, I'm just pointing out how treasured this section of Scripture was. He like almost repeats it. He just does a reprise of it. This is out of the Passion Translation. 1st John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3 says, we saw him with our very own eyes. We gazed upon him and heard him speak. Our hands actually touched him, the one who was from the beginning, the living expression of God. This life giver was made visible, and we have seen him. We testify to this truth. The eternal life giver lived face to face with the Father and has now dawned upon us. So we proclaim to you that we have what we have seen and heard about this life giver so that we may share and enjoy this life together. For truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus, the Anointed One. Does that not sound familiar? That's a paraphrase. It's a reprise. I, my whole goal this morning is that we would hear by the word, that the word would help us to hear. It would unlock our ears, and we'd be better hearers of the word. Not just hearers, but doers, because when something's unlocked, you just do. It's a fruit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.